Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. And the music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. John McLaughlin. His new album is called Angst and Grace. Make sure you get a copy of it. Before we get started, I just want to thank you guys so much. As many of you know, I took a little break for about a week, which, you know, a lot of people do. It's called vacation. We're supposed to do that. But also, I've been having uh, really severe migraines lately. And my doctor kind of put me on bed rest for about 10 days. And so thank you for your kind words and reaching out and all your help and thoughts on migraines. I'm sorry that so many of us suffer like that, but thank you for your kind words. I'm really, really appreciative. And we will continue to try to figure out the source of what's going on. So we are still um, figuring it out. But if you get a chance and it comes to your mind when you're praying and praying for that, that would be great. I'd appreciate it. So today on the show, we're going to have so much fun. You guys are going to love her so much. My dear friend, Elizabeth Hasselbeck. I was a huge fan of Elizabeth when she was on Survivor in Australia. I remember very clearly watching her when I was in college and thinking she was so cool. Now she lives in Nashville. We've shared mutual friends for a while. Gotten to be really good friends the last couple of years. I'm so grateful for her. She has a new book releasing called Point of View, and I think you're really going to love it. Enjoy this conversation with Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Elizabeth, thanks for being on the show. Oh my gosh. I'm just glad to be here. I feel like I we're know. like college roommates or something. <laughs> it great. does feel a little bit like a college room does in my office. It does feel like we could live here. And I love that you don't judge me when I walk in like a sweatshirt and like warmers. Oh, that is that is the only thing I'd want you to wear today. I mean, I am so I mean, I put on what do I have on? Leggings. I have on like not real clothes. Because it's it's cold. It's just too cold. It's too cold. Let's but you lived in Massachusetts and this feels cold to you though. It does. So it is. I grew up in Rhode Island, lived in Massachusetts, and moved here. This is a different cold, though. No. Oh, explain that to me. Give me words. It's like a wet cold. Today's not because it's sunny, but it has been, if you've, it's been wet and cold. And wet and cold, and I, I think I'm allergic to gluten and wet cold. Yeah, serious. I know. I, I dislike it so much. I spent two days in LA and I just stood outside most of the time. I was like, when I was on phone calls or I was like waiting for anyone, I would just stand outside. Just to be in the sun. Yeah. I actually went to the doctor and I was like, I have the flu. And she's like, you don't have the flu. She gives me a swab. I'm like, let's test for strep. She's like, you don't have that. I'm like, I'm not feeling well. And she's like, well, it's been <laughs> raining for like three weeks. so our- And that's it. <laughs> but I was not, I literally, like, I'm a pretty like upbeat, like, let's go kind of person. But I hit, I don't know if it was a combination of the wet cold, the rain, or just, you know, sometimes when you're coming out of a season and into another, there's yeah. like a, I don't know if it's a letdown or what it was, but I literally had a week of like cryburnation where I was like inside like weepy. My kids were like, mommy, you okay? I'm like, mommy, I think needs the sun. And I had a yeah. friend. She actually told me, she's like, hey, you might need to just go get a bottle of copper tone, like old fashioned copper tone yes. and just like smell that. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. It kind of helped. You're the first friend I've ever had that says cryburnation. That's a thing. I, I don't even know if I made it up, but I felt like I just wanted to be inside and kind of, I was weepy, so I didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. But it was just like, Literally, when you just want to be inside and you know you're going to be crying or you yeah. might cry and you just yeah. don't want to go anywhere, so you just stay there. And so yeah. there I was in cryburnation. And I don't know if anyone else has been in cryburnation, but it's okay to come out now. The sun is here. Right. It's like, coming. I spring think, is here. I think spring is coming. When you talk about going out of one season into another, can you tell us what those seasons were or can you just talk around them? I think that's so interesting that for people to self-identify, oh, I feel like something is ending here and Mm -hmm. something new is starting. Mm -hmm. I think a couple of things. One, I think it's the natural seasons of like nature. winter to spring. Kind of do it. And then I feel like because 
and you know this, if you've been in a writing season, it's pretty quiet. Yeah. And you're writing and you give yourself permission to kind of like go into those spaces that maybe you hadn't gone into. And I'm not a journaler, so this in particular was like a real reflective time for me. Yeah. Um, which I don't tend to take a lot of time to do. I'm very in the moment. And What's your Enneagram number? I don't know. I've oh. never done that. Oh, we got to get it to you. We'll get it to you. Well, yeah. I knew yeah, you were yeah. a seven. Yeah, <laughs> girl, you know I'm a seven. Yeah, I'm just as curious what you were. But so I'm you like, don't ref, you don't self reflect very much. You don't journal. I mean, I th- I don't journal. I think a lot and I think back a lot, but I don't take the time to like write it down and sure. spend a lot of time sitting in it. So I really, um, I think coming out of that and then knowing that feeling of like, oh, now this I share this now. Mm. So that's the second part, and I yeah. really trust that like God asked me to do this and that He's gonna see it through, yeah. um, even in the sharing part. But I think it just felt like the pause between those two things, like letting it out and then let everyone else into it. Yeah. And I think it just all kind of like, you know, years and years of yes. like your walk yeah. and then the rain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then it was also raining. I was like, it's also crying outside. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I remember when you were writing and you were so sure God had told you to do it or called you to do it or invited you to do this book. Yeah. Why is that? What? How did you know? I was kind of done writing. You know, I wrote everything that could be written about gluten. Yeah. Um, for me. Yeah. And I just thought, I guess I'm just done with that. And I don't really consider myself to be a writer, but I think we all have a story. And I knew I, this just kept coming to me. And I felt like, gosh, he's asking me. And I had a friend tell me, listen, if you're delaying what God's asking you to do, then that's just disobedience. Okay. And I was like, okay, Say conviction. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and Slow I, obedience is disobedience. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I just feel like the um, – I knew that if I just obeyed God and let him handle it, then it would be okay. And it's still hard. You yeah. know, you know, you're writing. And I think the cool thing is that in, like, trying to identify these points in life and look at it, and I think it's why, like, we probably get along, is, like, the choice to – um, see the light in it. Yeah. And, you know, even looking for lovely, you're like collecting these things that like eventually like hold like storage in your heart of good. Yeah, yeah. And so like I had this art teacher, she was so cool. And when I was writing about really hard times, I literally paused. I'm like, I don't even want to touch my keyboard because mm. I don't know what's going to come out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, God was good. He reminded me of this art teacher I had, Sister Diane. And I I remember, and I, I was a pretty strong art student um, to make up for other areas that I might not have been. <laughs> and uh, she crumpled up this brown lunch paper bag for anyone who's born after 1999. Oh, right, like, that's right. We used to take our lunches in those, <laughs> okay? And so they're thin, so she crumbled it up, and it had all these, like, cracks and crinkles and bumps in it, and she just put a spotlight on it, and she said, you may begin. And I remember thinking, like, what the heck? I was like a sassy, yeah. you know, 14-year-old playing with my gummy eraser and looking at it being like, how am I going to do this? She came over to me with her little beady eyes and she's yeah. like, I said you can begin. And I said, Sister Diane, how am I supposed to begin and draw, drawing all the cracks and crinkles and shadows and darkness? Look at all the dark. How am I ever going to draw this bag? And she said, I'm not asking you to draw all the crinkles and cracks and focus on that first. I'm asking you to look at how the light hits the object and draw that first. Oh, if you draw wow. the light, you'll draw the bag. And that came oh over me. Gosh. It was like a day where I was really focusing on the dark. And it doesn't mean they're not there. It doesn't right. mean the crinkles That's aren't right. there. But in illustrating the light first, yeah. it actually just like, it was like protection on my heart. And so in all the times that have been difficult that I write about, it just gave me a visual way to articulate the hard stuff. Yeah. That if you're looking for how the light hits it, what did I learn from it? How did I grow closer to this great guy? Right. How did I grow as a person? How, what did I figure out during that time? That's the light. And then because of all the stuff that happens, obviously, you, you know that the hard stuff's there. Yep. But if you start there, 
Yeah. For me anyway, God was just generous to give me that example because I'm like, man, how am I going to talk about you right. know, the stuff? Were you a believer then? Did, were you a Christian as a teenager? I was, so I was raised Catholic. So okay. everyone's like, did you know Jesus? I'm like, oh, Jesus and I had dinner together every day. Yeah, In yeah, my yeah. grandmother's house, we had like, we, our table was like next to the Last Supper. Oh, wow. Statues of Jesus. Yeah. Like, he was literally at every He was meal. everywhere. He was yeah. everywhere. I'm like, oh, we're tight. <laughs> we're so close. Um, but I think matched with my personality, I kind of have a walk-on like pinch runner mentality. Yep. Like you like team soccer is your thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like will work hard at things. And I felt like there was something about, and I really have such honor and respect for my Catholic upbringing because yeah. it taught me a ton. Yes. And it taught me reverence and it taught me like honor in the church. Mm -hmm. um, but there was something about it that also, I felt that there was a little bit of striving that took place in my heart in it. Yeah. And um, like these benchmarks. So even in my life, I think I wasn't where I would identify now as like Christian mm -hmm. um, who was raised Catholic. And I think all of that has such value. You know, like I, I used do. to think about my grandmother, I talk about all the statues and signs on the wall. And she would have like, you know, pictures of Mary and Joseph and like a cement statue, I think of the Blessed Mother and our, our you know, she had a tiny backyard, but yes. Mary was there. Yes. And I, <laughs> I went through this phase where I thought, well, why do you need all of that? And yeah. now as I get older, like I have scripture everywhere. You do. And it's not because I'm awesome. It's because I'm not without it. Mm -hmm. Like the kind mm -hmm. of driver I would be without like yellow lights and stop signs and street signs and directions, like is the kind of person I am without like all that in my house. That's brilliant. Like I can't take a left or a right without yep. being like, no, bam. really, I've been, I know it's everywhere. It's it really everywhere. is, yeah. And maybe because I'm visual, but I really understand her so much more too. now. Yeah. Um, and even reflecting on it, like she was, she'd wake up and pray because that's what she did first. Like she yeah. filled her tank with that first. So yeah. there's so much value, I think, in, in how I was raised in that, you know, small Italian Catholic community. Yeah. But I don't think I knew I was, I had a spot saved. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't know. You thought you were going to fight for your spot your whole life with God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do I have what it takes? Wow. And I think when you're, like, I'm not, for what I lack in, like, natural ability, I've always tried to overwork and overcompensate. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember trying out for the Boston College softball team because my dad said to me, you should try out for the team. And I'm like, Dad, they don't even know my name. Yeah. And he's like, I know who you are. I know what you can do. Go show them. Oh, wow. And by the way, run fast. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did that. And I was like trying so hard to be on the team. And the only reason I made the team, I mean, when they called my name, I was like, really? <laughs> Me? Really? And they're like, yeah, we got a locker. You're going to have your name on it. You're going to have the whole yeah. thing. And I'm like, man, I so want to be part of, and I think you're like this too. You want to be, I want to always be part of something way bigger than me. Yep. And just like do my thing in there. You yes. know, like however it is, right. like whatever contributes. But that very tendency to like overwork and work so hard is a great asset, right? Great character right. trait. Right. But it can be my biggest challenge in faith. That's right. Your kryptonite can be your superpower. Yeah. Both I'm like, I yep. think I can work so hard to like mm. earn. And salvation's the one thing. It doesn't matter how That's fast you right. run or hard or how much you work or what you do or what you give. No matter what you do, you're not going to earn it. So that's one thing that I, I really had um, a hard time truly believing. And I sometimes mm. will still take back you know, that like walk-on mentality, like, well, if I just do something else, right. then I'll be more pleasing to God. That's not true. Right. You know, he loves you already. And so it's not, um, he loves what you do, but that spot is saved. Like once you claim, like surrender that to him and that he saved that spot for you and he already paid the debt, 
Like I grew up with debt. Did you grow? I grew up yeah. with like debt. And so the idea that something would be paid for. Oh man. Was Anytime, like, one time someone paid off a debt for me and it is like, it's really shocking when you go, oh my gosh, I don't have to think about that ever again. Right. Done. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. And so that was a moment I think in my twenties where I realized, wow, like that's already done. Mm-hmm. As hard as I work. Yeah. That's already done. I can't get over that. Like that's yeah. how much you love me, God. Yeah. You know, so that that was really good. But I do think when you are a hard worker, you can overcompensate, you know? Right. And then get ahead of this awesome God sometimes. Oh, girl. I said to my assistant the other day, I said, our like downfall mm-hmm. will not be failure, probably. Our downfall will be success at my own hands of where I work and do what I and am not listening to God's directive. Where I'm going like, oh yes, I'll run after that and that and that and that. And the Lord's going, I I had a plan, but you didn't ask. Boom. Boom. That's right? like that's the explosive truth right there. You know what's funny? I tell a story in the book where so I'm like, I make that team. Yeah. Okay. I made the team. My dad was right. He like had fatherly love over me. Like, I see you, I know what you can do, go get it. Like yeah. I think God like speaks that over us yeah. every day. But I make the team and I'm like this, you know, bench warming for years. Like I was on the bench, I checked the balls, I do whatever I could. And then I remember one time my coach calls my name, I put on my helmet, I was number 14. Uh-huh. And somebody way better than me hit a double and they're on second base. And she calls my name to pinch run for them. And I'm like, this is my time. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait till you see this walk on bench warmer, like save right. the day. I'm on second base. It's a championship game and a big oh East game. Okay. Like my coach is on third base. Yeah. And I hear the crack of the bat and I take off. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I'm going to steal home. Right. And I, the part of the book is called Stealing Home because I'm like on a mission. I'm like, this walk on bench warmer, nobody is going to save the day. We're going to yeah, have a yeah, trophy yeah. and they're going to hoist me up. Like, yeah. I had this like, <laughs> I can do this. Right. I'm running toward my base coach on third and I'm rounding third and she's giving me a hold signal. Yeah. Like both hands like, stop. Yeah. I blow right by her. And so we have this rule on our team and she's like, if you blow by my call, as your base coach, you better be safe. Oh wow! Or it's gonna get ugly. Uh huh. Well, the catcher was waiting for me with like a guillotine, basically. Right. Like I can't. I I'm still injured from how hard <laughs> she dragged my leg. It's like a thing. I break a sweat thinking about it a yeah. little bit. And I just remember my coach running after me. What the heck were you thinking? Yeah. You know. And I was thinking I was gonna save the day on my own will, on my right. own strength, on my own speed. And sometimes when I think about that, there are times in life and I'm stealing home and I've done it. Ugh, I did it chasing too. a job. Yeah, I was fired from one, going to get another. And I'm pretty sure that I blew by God's hold signal. Really? Like he can see, she could see the whole field. Yes. I could only see where I wanted to go. That's right. And so this base coach is holding me up and I'm like, we have a great base coach in God and he gives us a whole signal. And so many times, and literally I remember running home and being like, oh God, please God, yeah, be yeah, safe. Yeah. And I was out. Oh, shoot. But I, the good news is like in life, even in life, when I chase something ahead of him and ask him to bless the steps as I was taking them, not as I was pausing to hear where he wanted yeah. me to go, he still showed up. Yeah. It was a harder lesson. It had a bruise for a while. That's right. Like my leg still hurts. That's right. But he's still there. Right. But we have the best base coach in God where sometimes like his best directive is to stop mm-hmm. and just wait. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right. Like our our gumption, our drive, our grit, and even our aspirations and our hard work can sometimes let us like go ahead of his signal sometimes. Yeah. We're like, you got this, God, right? right. Like, I'm doing the right thing, right? I think I am. I'm going to go. I'll check in in just a minute. And he's like, I- and also the good thing is, with the Lord, he's like, I'm going to send you to the home plate. You just need to go when I tell you to go because I can see the whole field. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm learning that. Yeah. I remember my coach saying, that wasn't your base to steal yet. Mm. 
Oh, right? Gosh. It wasn't your base. Yeah. Like, so did you get in so much trouble? So much trouble. Oh, I bet. I mean, it was like fire coming out of her head. Yeah. I, I actually wanted to run fast away from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna leave all my stuff and just go. I'll never see y'all again. I'm gonna change schools. I'm yeah. so sorry. And listen, if you're being honest, it's not because I was like so fast and want everyone to see how fast it was. I think I didn't feel worthy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you think about where you overwork sometimes. It's kind of where I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's proving something usually. Yeah, it's not I sure I have what it takes. Yeah. So I'm going to work hard so everyone knows I'm working really hard yeah. and trying really hard, even though I don't trust that I have a value place where I am. So where do you find that balance? Because you, I mean, people would look at your life and go, Elizabeth's been so successful. The View, Survivor, Fox News. All, I mean, you've done all the things that the world outside would look and go, yeah, well, it's gone great. How did you know you weren't blowing by God telling you to stop and pause and all that? Oh, because there's a consequence for that. Like when uh, I was fired from The View and had an asthma attack when they were telling me that my spot wasn't – and listen, I say fired. In the TV world, they say your contract isn't being renewed. Uh-huh. That means you're fired in sure. advance. It's yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah. Not fi- you're fired soon. I'm yeah. like, oh, <laughs> the warning. Like this is horrible. <laughs> right. And I felt defeated and, you know, I felt rejected and I felt betrayed and I felt all of those things. So I was like, I'll show you. How many seasons were you on? Ten. Okay. So I was on ten oh, years. My gosh. Yeah. I mean, it was like that was our my place. Yes. And even then, like I've never, I'm kind of the person who will take something on and learn it on the go. Yeah. Like I was never qualified for any of the jobs that I had. Mm. I learned everything about that job when I was in it. So you I talk honestly, about that in the book, right? About like the yeah. difference between being qualified and being called. I was not. Yeah. But the cool thing is, like, if you want to learn, I'm coachable. That's one yeah. thing about me. I'm really coachable, and I will work hard right. for the team. I just think like even with Fox, I went to go chase that job and there was blessing there. There was an awesome team there waiting for me. But I think that maybe God wanted me to wait a little bit longer to see what he could do, not what I could do. Right. And what I was met with was exhaustion, fatigue, you know, really a being lost to self because I threw myself in that situation and it was good and it was a blessing. But even the best things can be full of consequences if it's not on God's timing. Yeah. And so the consequence for me was I was so unsure when I got there that I I wasn't sleeping because I was so worried I wouldn't know enough. Oh, my gosh. So I slept about three hours a night for two years you were just straight. studying and reading and, mm-hmm. and unsure. And y'all, you and Tim had tiny kids at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, But I was gosh. afraid. So I basically lost. And this will happen when you go into exhaustion. Yeah. And it's all my fault. I just didn't. Tim would tell me, like, you got to give up on the day. Yeah. You know, you're not giving up on the day, but I wasn't really giving. What does that mean? Give up on the day? Like go to bed. Like get let some it be rest. over. Let it yeah. be like you've done enough. Yeah. Give up on today. Tomorrow's there. Yeah. And what I think I've learned from that is number one, we all need more than three hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Oh my gosh. I would die if yeah. I only had three hours. I mean, I pretty much lost like my sense of taste and I really like to taste things, yeah. you know, yeah. like even chocolate didn't taste Your body to was me. just totally shutting down. Yeah. And it was my fault. And so I take responsibility for that. But I do think even when I left Fox, and that was something that I didn't like doing. And what most people would see as success, I still can chalk up to failure because I didn't finish my contract there. I left early because I was losing my life in order to keep a promise to work. And I really don't like breaking promises, but I think I just hit a point where I was literally losing my entire self um, trying to chase something with great effort um, and meeting failure every day. 
And the failure looked fine on television. Let me tell you something. The worst part was you're in full hair and makeup, and you're like, I look fine. Yeah, I look great. The the lie was there. Man, how many people live like that where everybody would look from the outside in and go, she looks fine. He looks fine. Mm -hmm. But it's just hair and makeup. And you know, too, like, I think I got really good even at The View. I spent 10 years, like, getting very good at being right about things. Mm. Because you knew your spot. It was a muscle trained in debate. So, but I really feel like what God's let me see now in life is that I spent 10 years, like a decade making the point. And there's so much more joy that comes in pointing to the maker. Mm. Because I can be really, like Whoopi and I are really good friends. And people are like, how is that possible? I'm like, here's the cool thing. We don't think alike, but we love alike. Yeah, that's good. Like any issue we stand on for me comes way second to the God I stand under. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to get to heaven and a tunnel is going to be formed and God's going to be like, you were so right about it. Right, 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 right. I think I'm pretty sure he wants us to be like right with people Mm. and at peace with people, no Mm. matter like how much on paper we may disagree. But I didn't always live that because I was trained to be right about things in my professional life and in my personal life. And I've had relationships restored because my prayer now is like my, literally my prayer before the view was, God, please let me be right about this stuff. Like, please help me be right so that I can get this point across because I know it's right. And now my prayer is, God, please let me be wrong enough so I can be right with the people that you put in my life. You know, because there are decades that things can go wrong and you're just hanging on so tight I call myself a recovering rightaholic. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with being so much more wrong now if I can have a restoration in relationships. And I have seen him do that in so many ways. And it's just a change of heart. Really? Yeah. So 10 years on that show, I mean, you really do, you really had to fight every day. Like, like verbally. Mm-hmm. Every single day. Mm-hmm. And then you leave and now you just don't do that anymore. What happens to that muscle and what happens to that part of you that enjoyed that? It atrophies. And you just, it's which done. is awesome. Yeah, but it you're didn't, fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Like if you're lifting, I mean, I've trained before. Um, if you're not training, yeah, you lose strength over time. And I'm happy to lose strength in that because okay. what that did was translate into all my other relationships in life. My really? muscle at work became my muscle in life. Oh, I bet that happens to all of us. Yeah. I've never, I need to look at that. I've never thought about that. What, how my muscles at work translate into my mu- muscles in life. How'd you see that play out? You just were just <laughs> arguing. A, yeah, I was a very well. The if you look at it this way, yeah. you know. Well, I did some reading last night, and what I actually know is true. Yeah, and look, yeah. there's a good and bad in that. Like I think, literally, with even the title of this book, like the point of view is, I was trying so hard to push mine. Mm. But when you're in, inter- like when you're in a debate, you're pushing your point of view. And yeah. the best way to learn is to really take a look at the others. But when you're interviewing someone, I love sitting down and like learning someone's story. Yeah, your eye needs to get right behind their lens so that you could see things how they see them. That's how you really tell someone's story and help them tell theirs. And so I just think it's who we line up behind, you know? And like, so that skill of really extracting someone's point of view has helped me greatly in on this other side where I'm like, I'm not trying to prove my point. I'm trying to like look through these great teachers' lenses, all of it. And then really ask myself, like, how does God see this? How does God want me to see this? And line up behind that lens. And so it's more about just perspective, you know, like really looking back on ways I used to see things and then trying to adjust my perspective. Because sometimes even behind my own lens, which is always about being right with that trained muscle, that could be lonely. Yep. I would imagine. When you think about the interviews you got to do on The View, do you have a favorite? Do you have somebody that you're like, I mean, I saw when... 
President Bush died, you posted all the presidents you've got to be around. I was like, yeah, oh, was- she's met all the living presidents. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. I mean, it's one of those things that I'm looking like, how do I get there? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> You're like, I was on, this one time I was on Survivor in Australia, and now I've met every living president. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild. I think I didn't really have a favorite because to me, like, even at um, Fox, you know, like our stage manager was just as important to me yeah. and hearing his story as presidents when they sure. would come through. So like, I never really put an importance, but there were days that certainly felt big. Yeah. You know, like when you are interviewing the president of the United States and you're like, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my mom and dad, they're like, can we come? I'm like, okay. <laughs> now we're going to get you the presidential Instagram photo or yeah, something that's right. before Instagram. That's right. um, and I think the, the beauty in that is that what I love seeing is that there's a person behind the politics and I think no matter who you're talking to, and it's an extraordinary position to be the leader of the free world. Yeah. And there's a dad and a father and a husband and it and a who was a boy at one time. And I love seeing that. And you really get to see that um when you're with the presidents. The most awkward time was when President Bush had invited Which Tim one? George W. Okay. And invited us to dinner with the Queen for like a state dinner. Uh-huh. Annie, like I'm a peanut butter and jelly girl. Okay? <laughs> on gluten-free bread. On gluten-free to be sure. bread. Yes. And I've now made the switch to almond butter, but Skippy yes. was my jam. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. But we, so Tim and I go, and we are feeling like, you know that couple that was always in the news for like illegally popping into like yes. important events? Yes, yes, yes. I don't remember their names, but like yeah, yeah. we were like, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> and we're sitting there and like we're at this dinner with the queen. It was so fancy. I remember being like, Barbara, I don't think I should go. And she's like, darling, you must go. Darling, you must go. And I'm uh, like, fine, what do I wear? Like gloves, curtsy. Yeah. I remember being so nervous to be with the queen. Did they send you like a piece of paper of like, here's what you do when you meet the queen of England? No. no. It was like a small dinner, like 40 people with like violins. Oh my gosh, 40 people and violins. Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Was, that is the coolest story. It, it was nuts. It was nuts. In we the White House. There, in the White House. I mean, it was like a dream. Sometimes him has to remind me of it. But I kept thinking like how fascinating like royals can be to us. Yes. Right? Like the And have you worn a fascinator, by the way? Have you ever uh, put one on no, your head? No, I haven't worn one. Okay, no. like derby and time. And yeah. fasc- no, I've worn a hat to the derby, but I've never worn a fascinator. So when you, I was thinking about it and I'm like, man, I made such a fuss about being with the queen. Yeah. For dinner. Yeah. And then that dinner was over. And we yeah. make such a fuss about like, if you have a fascinator, I have a couple just because I like accessories. Yes. You put them on and you kind of feel like- You carry, yeah. You're, you're like, ooh, <laughs> I look good. And I'm like, the coolest thing about like the royal dinner that I learned and the neatest thing about a fascinator is that I look back at that time and I'm like, that was a queen who invited me to dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was so worried to like how to curtsy and all that, yeah. you know? We have a king who asks us every day to sit with him. Right. Like, and you don't have to, like, dress up. Right. You don't have to curtsy. Right. There aren't rules. Know? Yeah. Like, you might want to kneel. Right. Like, you know, your celebration might look like kneeling. But I think about a fascinator and how these royal, uh, you do feel special, but I'm like, there are so many things that we attach to ourselves. Maybe it's a hat or a fascinator or a title or an accomplishment. And we put these things on ourselves to make ourselves feel like a value. And I'm like, gosh, we don't, we have a God who's like, no. Like that yeah. fascinator, you don't need that. You don't need that title, that accomplishment, friend, mother, girlfriend, oh, hard good. work, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you have a God who fastened himself to the cross. That's that's the fastening. Yeah. You know, like that's identity. And yeah. so I just think like 
with all the fuss that can be made over royals. And I'm like one of them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen Kate? That dress is cute. She's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. We got to be friends with her. Yeah, but I'm like. Have you met them? Have you met Kate and Prince William? No. Okay, let's put it on our goals. I thought maybe they'd show up or something. I don't think they, I think they were still little. Yeah. When, when I was at dinner with the queen. <laughs> but that was funny. And I was like, does anybody have a gluten free pizza? In right. <laughs> Only 40 people. So y'all just sat at like a few tables. I th- yeah, it was, it was small. It was like awkwardly small. That's and Tim, so cool. this is what they do awkwardly at Fancy. small. That's perfect. They separate you with whoever, whoever you came in with. What? When you go to fancy parties, they do not sit you with your wingman. Really? No, so Tim and I had like process at these things. Like, you know, if we go out to dinner and there's something that's put in front of me, I don't want to be rude. He'll eat the gluten things. He'll yeah. pass me the gluten-free things. Yeah. He was at a different table. He was like the kids' table. They I'm don't like, set you with your spouse? No, I was sitting next to like Condoleezza Rice, Secretary of <laughs> at the time, the lady in waiting who's like the BFFAA yeah. of the queen. It's like her best friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm like, great. She's going to rat me out if anything that's goes right. awry. That's right. Prince Philip. At your table. You're I, I, like, Condi, take Listen, this there were bread. so many medals and, like, <laughs> titles at the table that I was like, should I leave? <laughs> right. <laughs> I would have felt the same. I'd have been like, what? How did I get here? I, that is well, and so you're, like, you're related to this because you have food, like, yeah, yeah. sensitivities and yep. all. Like, I waited the whole time, and I'm like, man, I'm hungry. And I remember seeing something about something rose-infused coming, and I'm like, well, that sounds gluten-free. So it comes in front of me, and I literally get the bowl uh-huh. of this rose-infused something and go to take a sip of it, thinking it's like a... I don't know, juice. Uh-huh. Jeb Bush is next, sitting uh-huh. right to my side. Uh-huh. He leans over. He goes, uh, he leans in and says, you might not want to drink that. That's for your hands. I'm like, <gasps> <What>? no. <laughs> I could not. I mean, I'm looking at the queen the whole time. It's like the worst game of Mother May I've been in, you know, because you're supposed to do what she does. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. she is going to put me in exile. Right. Here. Like, this is not going to She's going to put me in the Tower of they London have, for sure. They have fancy Purell and pretty bowls. Right. I was and like, it's. Dip your hands. I was like. Oh, it's terrible. My gosh. It was terrible. But it was it was an honor to be there. It's just yeah. one of those situations where you don't feel like you necessarily belong. Yeah. But we just had the giggles after and then we found yeah. a gluten-free pizza. That's place right. There you go. To deliver. That's what that Christine Kane sa- has said to me one time. Um, their invitation is your permission. Meaning if they've invited you, you get to show up and be you. Yeah. And we were we were talking about where I was teaching and kind of some crowds like that. But in situations like that, I often, if I find myself in a like a how did I get here? Mm-hmm. I have to say, okay. Their invitation was my permission to show up. Yeah. If they didn't want me here, they wouldn't have invited me. Yeah. So I need to, but again, just I've never been around the queen. Listen, that was not, it's not okay. I'm yeah. like, I'm just not my place, but it was, <laughs> it was awesome. an honor and it's fun and it leads to some fun stories. But Tim and I were like, we made it out alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, so does Tim still work? Cause he's still with ESPN, right? He is so at the does ESPN. he just commute up to Connecticut? He does. Wow. Yeah. How often? Um. So during football season, it's probably like once a week okay. he goes and, um, which is a good sky miles, man. That is a good way to get some status. We live, we love, live off of miles. Oh yeah. <laughs> same, same. I respect it. What's, what's his airline of choice? I think he's Delta. Yeah, me too. Come on. Delta's great. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> and they'll take you right there and you'll get upgraded all the time. I bet. You know, when you travel a lot, when you're going through security and they're like, Hey Tim. I'm oh, like, oh yeah. God. Oh yeah. Oh, listen, the guy at the Delta counter in Nashville, I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. And I, and one morning I'm checking in, I'm like, Tom, where have you been? I feel like, did you change shifts or something? He said, I had a heart attack, almost died. And I was like, God, I would have never known. I just, I was like, oh. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad you're okay. And then I got to, I, as I was walking through the security, I was thinking like, what a weird life. But A, I would have never known because you just don't know when someone stops working somewhere, you know, And but I still see him every week. Oh. And so we like know each other and he always <laughs> says, see you next week, you know, but it is that weird oh. like, hey, Tim, kind of moment of going, 
oh, wow, yeah, my, my whole life is based around Nashville International Airport. But how about the fact that you you noticed? Well. I think that's so, like for a place that can seem so transient, right, with so many yeah. people going by him. Yeah. Like you noticed he wasn't there. Yeah. He's right? a nice guy. He I always mean, stands so nice. it. Yeah. <laughs> so Annie, nice. You're good as gold, girl. <laughs> I you're good as that. gold. Um, y'all like living in Nashville? We love. I mean, I know the answer, but yeah. for the people, yeah. Yeah. Nashville has been really good to us. And it, it was, seems like it. Are y'all Church of the City still? Oh, no. You you come, sometimes come to Crosspoint. Cross Point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, but we have friends at Church of the City, too. Yeah. Um, Crosspoint is really, you know what's great? And we've been up at Fellowship, too. And Scott Sauls is a super yeah. friend of ours. So oh, my I'm gosh. By the way, he press. was on a few weeks ago. And he reminded me, I, we reminded each other, that you and Tim and me and Scott and his wife are all supposed to go to the Ryman. Do you remember? Oh my God! I know. I How forgot. did that not happen? How did we not do? He's like, let's still do it. And I we was have like, to still do. Okay, it. Okay, no, so we, we have, have to start a text because he's going to buy the tickets. We I'm have. like, yes, I'll let you buy tickets for me to go hang with all of y'all. Is and he the, I mean, the best. He's the best. He's the, he's, he's so, so wise. He's mm-hmm. so wise and so caring, and he's so for as much as he knows. Yeah. And it, listen, if you've worked by. You know, it's probably how I feel about like being next to Barbara Walters for ten years on like yeah. steroids because he was with Tim, Tim Keller for all those years. Yeah. But he's such he has such a humble, deepened approach to the word. Yeah, and it's like Scott, I'm I can't believe I get to be your friend. I know, but I'll say this about Crosspoint: we, um, as a family, because of our travel schedules, yeah. um, when Tim came off of his big travel season, and I trusted that God would let him know where we were supposed to go yeah. as a family. And this is where he said, he's mm. like, no matter where, I always feel like no matter where I am or if I haven't been there, it doesn't feel like I've, like I have to catch up on anything. Oh, that's nice. I feel like I can come in and just be a part of it and feel like I've been here every week. Like there's yeah. something really unique about Crosspoint where um, no matter where you are in life, it feels like, oh yeah, you were here last week. It yeah. just has a sweet yeah. welcome to it. Yeah. And it's it's a real thing. It's like, it's yeah. hard to explain, but for him to feel that way, I thought... Um, was really special, and then yeah, we have just lo- been loving the series and and it's just like good, sitting right? in it yeah. and just it's been really growing us. Yeah. When you moved here, were you still exhausted? Do you feel like part of moving down here was recovering from that? You know, I had enough time in between. I already learned a hard lesson, so I thought when I left Fox, yeah. that I was just gonna like give up on trying hard at things. Yeah, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. You thought that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, I made the mistake of giving up on that, but not giving over my will truly to God. Mm. And I thought I had. Yeah. And it kind of came out ugly when you know I would I was trying to be awesome at being home. Yeah. And realizing that all those same things sneak into wherever you are. It's mm. not that I left work. Workload is different now for me. Yeah. Um, but you can apply the same things that took you down the last time and let them in no matter where you are. Like you can right. leave your situation and still take all the grit that landed you in exhaustion the first time, it's going to find you where you are. And in that truth, we think we can run away from mm-hmm. our issues or our bad behavior when we leave a situation or a person. Yeah. And most usually it comes with yeah. you. And I think you, in reading, which I think like between Brave and You Are Lovely, you're really speaking into like the hearts of women so well. Because oh, I think, right. and men too, but I do think women hang on to like the shame of yet ter- yesterday where like yeah. I'm in this like yesterday phase where I'm like, I'm going to learn from yesterday, but I'm not letting the shame of what went wrong or what I didn't do well, like hold me back from what God has in my yesterday. Oh, that's okay. my word. Right yeah. Now. Like yesterday and cribernation. Yesterday. You're bringing some new good words yet to Yesterday. Because yeah. there's something so good there. And like if you give yesterday more power yeah. than it has supposed to. Um, be over your life, like 
I want to learn from it. And like, yeah. But the shame is where it gives yesterday so much power over right. you. I know. It's like, you know, it, that's what the change. Shame change's. is such a liar. I it's hate a it. It's a liar. Yeah. It's a, listen, girl, I have to write in my mirrors. I do too. I saw you post today about all the mirrors. I have a uh, dry erase marker by my mirror all the time. You, you have put to. them on everybody's. Like your kids have them on like their mirrors. Like you don't walk too, in right? our house and see a mirror that's like right. not written on. How do you decide what to write? Um, well, we, we have one and it just says you by God and it says you masterpiece. Uh-huh. Like the um, Ephesians, is it yeah. 4 6 or 2 10? Mm. Ephesians 2 10? I'm terrible at that, but it's in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or it's like you are God's masterpiece. Yes. The yes, truth yes, is. Yes. And so when you look at it, it literally says like as an artwork label, like you by God. Yeah. Um, so that's one. And then just. Because um, the one I saw today says like fun, lovely, kind. Yes. Da, da, da. It, yes. You had all these words. So that on one's it. by the room all the kids hang out in. Yeah. Because I want, you know, when they go into the bathroom there, I want them to be reminded in that quiet space, like, this is who you are. Yeah. And all the in-betweens. Yeah. Um, and I know that like friends and family all go in there and the kids pop in and out. In their bedrooms, it's probably more like we've had in there like you were the daughter of a king. Mm. Almost want to like draw a crown where your face. Yeah, like, you know yeah, what you yeah. should do is like put where your face is and then right. like, draw. Just put a little crown on king, yeah, just yeah, in yeah. case. That's right. You know, like no fascinator. We'll That's put right. the crown on instead. <laughs> That's right. The crown's way better. Um, but I do think. Listen, I need reminders because that shame or that unworthiness, no matter how much success it may seem like. Yeah. Like everybody deals with that to an right. extent. You right. know, everybody feels not enough. Right. Everybody feels like I wish I didn't have that or have that happen or wish I didn't cause that to happen. Yeah. And so I think shedding that requires truth. Yeah. Because the truth fills you up. Um, and there's a battle for your heart every day. Yeah. Like God doesn't like people don't think about I don't think about that enough. I don't think that yeah. there's a battle every day. For your heart. Yeah. And here's the deal. God, I'm oftentimes thinking like, God, do you want my attention? He's like, No, I want you. Mm. And so even in this, like I'm like, Am I doing something that you want more of my attention? And I, really over my heart, I just kept feeling like he just wants me. Yeah. You know, like I don't want my kids' attention when I'm like trying to like tell them what to do or you know, text my daughter or try to take my son. I just want him. I want him to be near me. I want yeah. him close to me. I want yeah. him to know where he belongs. Um, it's not his attention I'm seeking. Right. It's him. And that's right. what I think that's what God like wants. He just mm-hmm. wants us because mm-hmm. he loves us. Yeah. And so I think all these things that can come in as distractions take you away from that. Um, but the lies are real. You got to yeah. fill up on like, I used to say, I've got to read the good news before the hard news because. Yeah. Did you do that the whole time you were on TV? You just always. Oh, would, I had to. Really? Oh, I had to. I do not. I do not. I'm not good at compartmentalizing. So I could let something really like just sink my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you don't want to know that the hard things are going on, but I think letting it rest on the truth of God, if I could put that, I used I call it the white balance. Like in, if you take, if you've seen a photographer, yeah. they'll hold the white balance up or a TV camera. It's so all the colors in that camera can then ident- be identified properly for anything else that camera shoots. So you get the white first, everything yeah. else comes off of it. It's kind of how I feel. It's actually how I feel about the word. Like That's if I can get in the truth of God, and listen, I'm not organized about how I read the Bible. I did my first like expository study in Colossians this yeah. year yeah. with a group of girls. It was awesome. But I'm just like, I go in there like I'm hunting for treasure. Yeah. Like, please, what do you say about this? Um, so I think having and saving up the truth of God and reading that first and Jesus calling was something I'd go to every morning. I love it. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of was that white balance. Everything else fell on that. That is such a good metaphor, the white balance. And I mean, a saying that I will write on my mirror, good news before the hard news, mm-hmm. even good news before just 
regular Instagram news. or yeah. Twitter, you know, like oh, yeah. the white balance of that. I've never thought of it like that. I, I think of it as the filling up, like you're mm-hmm. saying, and the connection, like you're saying, but the filter for which I see my day changes yeah. when I start there. Well, like things that are normal red would seem like, ooh, that's intense red. Like I, yeah. I and I can see things, I can put things in extremes easily yeah. on my own. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, right. I feel all the feels, Annie. Right. No, no. And I think that just helps keep everything in its proper place and color and level of intensity. Right. It's like, right. it's not fluorescent. That's right. Orange. It's just orange. It's just orange. It can be orange. It doesn't have to be quite so orange. Yeah. So how do you decide what you're reading in the morning? Um, do you do plans or do you do what? I mean, you read Jesus Calling. I read Jesus Calling. I also read Every Day in His Presence by Charles Stanley. Oh, I don't know that. He's. It's one of the most convicting devotionals that I've read really? daily. Is it 365? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Every Day in His Presence. Every Day in His Presence. And there's. it's like, ooh. <laughs> You're like, ooh. Okay. like, oh, is it going to work out in my heart? You know that feeling like... Oh. God's so good. Like, he's so generous. Like, he'll kind of, like, convict your heart with something, and all of a sudden you get that feeling like, oh. Right. And it just means, like, he's tenderizing your heart a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, things that used to feel okay, sometimes you're like, ooh. Yeah. I don't think about that the same way. I don't yeah. see that the same way, and I guess I need to change that. And so, and I do believe we have a God that wants us to do the thing. Yeah. You know, but he's going to get your heart to change first, right. which is awesome. Right. Um, so those are things that kind of get me through in the morning. And then I will sort of take the verses that come with that and go in that, but like read around it. Yep. But I don't mark my Bible by the book. I should. I'm like the worst Bible student ever. No, you're not. But you have I, such a tiny little Bible too. Is that well, your this like is, everyday Bible? This is like my like keep with me. Okay. But it's like my go-to like when I'm tired. I have to be like, yeah. there's no like Ephesians tab. It's like... Yep. When lonely. Oh, so that's what the tabs say. You have yeah. little tabs. They're, they are for how, how much he mind. loves me. Yeah, they're like um, sticky notes that you've cut yeah. into smaller. You were more than yeah. a conqueror. Just because oh, wow. I need. And anytime I've I've come into something new, I just like cut up some post its. Um, when you're weak, mindset. You know, like yeah. so these are the things that kind of in my everyday I'll just hold with me uh-huh. um, and go to. But that's that's I don't know. I'm a little odd. I think in no, how that's I do brilliant. it. Brilliant. This year. I was in a study where we just went through the book of Colossians yeah. with this group called The Increase. Um, and it basically is like the NFL coaches and wives and girlfriends come together yes. and do a study. So we did yeah. Colossians and it was... Did you lead it? I was not. I hosted it. Yeah. And <laughs> at times I happened to hold a flashlight, but I'm like, listen, girls, like I am doing this with you. Like I have yeah. never been through Colossians like this. Yeah. So it wasn't like I had... I was leading them on a trail I had been through. Right. It was really more like, let's get together. And I'll read first, but like let's dig in together. So yeah. I would not, I wouldn't say I was in a leadership position, but um, I think Facilitate, we got to forge. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, we got we got to forge through the territory together. But Colossians, man, yeah, it's no joke, right? And if you read a whole Bible through, the coolest thing is that like it checks itself in other, like the best check for something in the Bible and its truth is like in the Bible. Yep. You're like, wow, that's yeah. well, that also. <laughs> and I, th- this is the coolest thing I realized. Like, so the whole Paul to like Saul to Paul. Uh huh. Like, how many times are we, like, doing our thing our way? Like, we're sawing. Like, we're not murdering people, right, right, per right, se. Right, right. But, like, we're doing the sawing. And then God's like, mm, he wants us to be pawing. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> I love that you made them both verbs, sawing and pawing. <laughs> sawing and pawing. That was, like, our first opener. I'm like, so where have we been saw- Where have we yeah. been sawing in life? And where where does God delight in our pawing? Yeah. You know, where are we pawing, doing the pawing thing? So I think there's so much um, to be said for for me 
walking through one book of the Bible and being disciplined and being like, what's he saying here? And I love Paul's so that's, yeah. like the reason why. Because you're like, so many times you're reading, like, why am I reading this? And he's like, I'll tell you why. Right, right, right. So that you're so not that deceived. You're able. Yep. So that you're able to have the peace of God. So mm-hmm. that you're able to be unified in love. So that you can be a well-watered plant for your friend who might need you. Yeah. You know, like... A lot of times I'm like, God, I know you're working on my heart. You need the scripture for me. And he's like, I'm also strengthening you. And I'm strengthening yeah. your friends because oh, that's good. you're going to need to call Annie one day. Be like, girl, I've been in cribernation. Right. Help me. Right. You know, or right. you're going to need to be that for a friend too. So I think there's there's a an awesome, delightful duty in just reading God's word because you don't know how he's going to use you. Yeah, that's like, right. Like, be ready. Right. You that's know? it. Be ready with the hope that we have. Yeah. Why do NFL wives need to get together? What's the struggles that y'all understand about each other that another kind of person won't understand? So I'm kind of out of that phase, but Tim was in the league for about seven years. And I think, just like anyone else, I just think it's a group of women gather together. Yeah. So we know that when two or more gather in his name, like God is so excited. He's yeah. like, wow, you're in the word. Yeah. I think for this group of women, um, it was an awesome blessing for me because I got to learn something that I didn't know before. Uh-huh. And then I think for for the NFL, I think there's a lot of pressure. You know, I think the shield of the NFL is so awesome. It is something that seems, and I think for the families in the NFL and having done it myself, it provides a great deal of protection for your family because you have this awesome opportunity. You've got great health care. You've right. got you know, a team. You've got a unit. Um, but ultimately, that, that shield is not your protection, mm. and it's not your identity. So yeah. a lot of the time I think about it, I'm like, so many times, and thankfully Tim never did. He never created that NFL shield as his identity. Yeah. Because if you do, that's just really your, your job and your location. So you get to know. Your job and your city. And it's an awesome one. And it's fun. And let me tell you something. These guys, I've seen the hearts of these players for kids who really need them. I have seen, in in particular, um, on the Titans here, I've seen the hearts of these men and their families for young boys who really, really could use someone to stand for them when they were having a hard time doing it themselves. And it is, they understand. They just get it. And they have generous hearts to like share with those kids. But I do think like, if your identity is anything, it could be the NFL, it could be you're working for NASA, it could be you're working for a school, that shield has a limit and the cross has none. So like that's yeah. kind of – so in that way, there's it's not that much different than anything else. Right. I think the thing that as an NFL teammate or player or wife or family member, your value is based on performance Yeah. and numbers and everybody knows it. So right. like a lot of the time, I think reminding – if you're a wife of an NFL player, reminding your husband or your boyfriend or the coach that you're married to, like his job might depend on those numbers right? and statistics and successes and Super Bowls or playoffs or incentives. But his identity yeah. does not depend on that. you know. And there's such freedom to know that your identity is because of how loved you are by God, yeah. not by a number, a statistic, or wins and losses. Right. You and know. what a beautiful thing to to take to any career to say, it's not that it doesn't matter. You don't have to yeah. go, it doesn't matter. It goes, yeah, your job may depend on this and yeah. we'll deal with that, but your identity doesn't depend mm-hmm. on this. And so we can, we don't have to go like, oh, nothing depends on this. It's just fun. Your job, you know, no, no, it, no, no there, this hard. matters. Yeah. But it it's not your identity. And Tim and I laugh because we between us, we've been fired like 10 times. Yeah. Oh my gosh, really? We have like a, a couple's record. I love that record. there's a whole part of your book about being fired. <laughs> It happens. So Here's good. what this is what I want to I bum a bunch of young people out yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm just gonna tell you now, you're likely gonna get fired. Yeah. And they just look at me like, what? Yeah. I'm like, just when it happens, 
remember my face. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Remember your friend Elizabeth was telling you, you're going to get fired. And you might, and you will. Yeah. And you might be told, and it might look like a breakup Mm -hmm. and it might look like a roommate not asking you to room with them again. It might look like a job and it might look like a relationship, Um, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And God's going to hold you through that time. Yeah. But it's going to hurt and it's, it's not fun and it's going to be heartbreaking and you're going to feel rejection. But the truth is it will happen and I think the key in that is leaving, whether it's your choice or not, and I've had, unfortunately, the opportunity, we'll call it, to figure out how to leave well when you're not wanted anymore. Yeah. I think I say I'm like leaving well when you're no longer want, when you don't want to leave hurts. Yes. It hurts, but you have to leave well. Yes. And I think there's such blessing in that, you know, and it takes gratitude to do it. Leaving well, I think, allows you to arrive where you're going with a peace. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's always something we're headed toward. Yeah. And so I think when you're able to leave well, it allows you to fully be where you're going. And so I've, I learned that the hard way, and I'm thankful for that. Like, I'd get fired again. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not at the you time. Not, remember not at the time. Yeah, not at the time. <laughs> uh, Jeff Henderson from Gwinnett Church came and spoke at Crosspoint. I don't know if you remember this week. It was the week after they'd announced we'd hired Kevin, but he wasn't going to be here for another two months or something. And he said... How you leave one season determines how you start the next and what happens in the next. That's so true. That's so true. And it's just amazing whether you've been fired by choice or whether you're or whether you're leaving whether you've been fired without choice or whether you're leaving by choice. How you leave whatever you're in determines how you start what you're doing next. Yeah. And you've seen that. And even in the in between, I wasn't there that day. Um, but I follow the process and I think, man, how things have arrived. You know, like even here at Cross Point. But it's not like you're usually fired and then you're, you're out the door that day. Like those are like That's rare. Super rare. Yeah. Or you know you have another job and you're leaving. God has you in that in between time for a reason. Yeah. And so even the days in between, He is still asking the same things of you. He's still asking same you yeah. to be exactly where He still has your feet planted. Mm. So it's not um, an excuse to hands off on all the spiritual gifts I have, hands off yeah. on the gratitude till I get where I'm going. In the in-between, he's still asking the same thing. Yeah, so for someone who feels like they're right now in-between, they know the thing that's ending. Mm -hmm. Either they're engaged or they just lost a job or they are moving moving to a new city. What would you tell them to do in the in-between? Oh, man, soak it up. Here's the thing. People who know that you're going somewhere else or you're leaving, there will be people that take a step back. Yeah. You have to give them permission to deal with that, how they deal with it. Yeah. But don't let that distract you from fully, like, soaking in the people who are there. Right. Because God isn't a God of like, oh, the past 10 years. He's a God of like right now. And so there's a person there in front of you. Let them know what they mean to you. There's a person that's going to come, leave the place better for them. Um, Thank the people. Or I find like just identifying what people's gifts around me and how I was so thankful for them and expressing that in that in-between time was so, maybe I wouldn't have done that if I were still there. Yeah. You know, I just think it's a neat time to still be fully planted where your feet are. Because yeah. God is, isn't is like, oh, I'm so glad you have this time in between. I'll use you when you get where you're going. He wants to still use you where you are. Okay. Say that. Like he's not right. turning your light off till he plugs you in somewhere else. Like right. that's not who he is. Nope. And so you wait to see what he does. That in between, I love the in-betweens. They are, I didn't used to, but I love them now because yeah. really powerful things happen in mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And it's still a calling to be in that place in full obedience and like eyes open to see what you have before you get where he's taking yes, you. Yes, yes. No, and just 
leave well means like being fully present where you are until you get where you're going. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I think Pastor Kevin said it first, but it's in my head of like, what if God does tomorrow the thing you've wanted him to do? What if everything changes tomorrow and you are leaving your situation or entering something new tomorrow? Who do you want to be today? Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that. Like, oh, yeah, oh, that's man. so well said. All right. Well, yeah, it wasn't me. I stole it. But, you know, it that's changes good. how I journal because I go, okay, if God's going to, if this door professionally is going to open tomorrow that I've been asking you about, what do I want to say to him today about who I know he is before mm. he opens the door? Mm. You know, it almost changes that relationship as much as anything to go like, if you do this tomorrow, I want to make sure you know today mm. that I, I already trust you and I already am sure of who you are. And I, you know, like, even when it's hard to say all that stuff, yeah. you go like, Tomorrow may change everything. So I'm going to call my parents and I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to yeah. spend time in the word and go to good news before I go to the hard news. And yeah. And in so. all of the in-betweens, even think about your airport story. Right. Like you're going somewhere, right? Yet God used you in that moment to realize someone was missing from that equation that had been there before and to yeah. let them know that they are seen and known and missed when they're gone and yeah. that you cared when he had his heart attack. Like that's a physical example for me, even you just saying it is like, you were here, you're going somewhere else. Like you, that was a process Literally, of that's leaving. that's the purpose of it. Yeah. But like yeah. right there in the, in the in-between, God still needed you yeah, and needed you to do what he wanted to do in like yeah. in humanity. I yeah. think that's, that's an awesome example of you doing exactly that. Yeah. You right. know, it doesn't always look like a travel situation. It might right. look like I'm moving. Right. And I don't want to. I'm moving and I can't, can't wait to get where I'm going. Yeah. But I just love that. Like, he wants our eyes open in the in-betweens. Yeah. Gosh, that's good. Okay. Good point of view. <laughs> See what I did there? Book title. I like what you did. <laughs> I like what you did. Um, okay. So for your book, who is the audience here? Is this for women or for men or for people who – who were you thinking of when you wrote this? You know, I, it's funny. I didn't really write it for – an audience, and maybe it's just because of my training. I've, yeah. I've learned to not try to make something for an audience for because I think person. you're guaranteed to like let down half of them 100% of the time. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. I think really this is just sharing. Like, yeah. I think, you know, when you've got like a friend who's like, oh my gosh, like I went on that road trip and these are the places we stopped and I definitely wouldn't do that. That's yeah. kind of how I see it. Like, this yeah. is just like a real reflective perspective on a couple of things. But I think. I really think women um, in general yeah. will – I hope that maybe you'll just see permission that there's some of your story in here too. Anybody's book like this, like Point of View, I love because we've seen you living some of this. This is our behind-the-scenes view of what you were doing. But also our story is here too. My story is in here too somehow in ways that I see it in your life. And so you're great about that in friendship too of just going like, Hey, look, Annie, your story's here too. Yeah. Your story. And I'm really thankful. And we for all that. have one of these. I told my kids, I'm like, listen, this is just, and truly, like, I feel like God asked me to write this because he wanted more of my heart. Mm, really? I thought I had given him all my heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, that part too. And so for me, I just feel like it was a time of, because I can be pretty extroverted. I think of just getting quiet enough to think about all that he's brought me to. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he allowed Survivor and even the interview process for Survivor when I was trying to jump out of a plane. Yeah. Um, actually, trying not to jump out of a plane. Right. And The View and Fox and all these wild things because he wanted me to say yes to just sharing it. And I yeah. don't really know what it means yet. I don't know. I'm yeah. just, it's kind of a trust project for me. So, yeah. um, 
Just Man, like let's I'd call be things excited. that. Let's call them trust projects. Yeah, this is a trust, trust project. project. This is just a trust project. Just a trust project. I don't. It, I'm just like I was meeting with someone yesterday, and I just said, "There is no failure or success. You're just getting a baseline. You just need to do this to get a baseline." Yeah. So this is a little bit of a trust project. It's a trust it's project. Just a baseline. There's. We're not yeah. looking for certain things. We're just yeah. trust line. But whether you're a girl who like is like focused on identity right now and who you are and who God has for you, like. There's something in there, you yeah. know, where I struggled with that. Whether you're a mom who, like, has a bunch of rules for your kids and wanted to tell your kid to stop writing on his hand until he held up his hand and said, I heart mom. And you're like, oh. let's get you Sharpies. Oh, my God. Well, you need Sharpies. <laughs> let's tattoo artist, anybody. That's so like, right. That's good. Oh, it's so sweet. You know, you just – you. I learn a lot the hard way. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that it gives permission to everybody else to just – it's okay to learn the hard way, too. Yeah. And, um, and we all have stories like this. It's yeah. a lot of – there's a lot of failure in the book. Yeah. Um, but I'm thankful for all of it. You Me know? too, man. Me too. Will you tell the story about the prayer wall in your house? Are y'all sure. still doing that? Yeah. I love that so much. I think it's such a tangible thing people can do in their homes. Yeah. And so I'm actually trying to work. I haven't given it the time it really deserves yet. I've done a couple of illustrations. I'd love to make a kid's book out of it if that's what God still is asking me. Yeah, because you're an artist too. I don't know that people know. I am. I don't know if I'll be able to do the drawings for that, but <laughs> I do like to draw. Um, yeah, we have this thing where we had just gone through a season as a family where we had some pretty big asks of God. And I kind of grew up like, save your screams for an emergency, my mom would always say. Interesting. So I was always afraid to pray about everything. I was oh, kind wow. of, and not because of what my mom said, but I just thought, well, I'll save my big prayers when really big things happen. Yeah. Um, and I did. I wanted for my kids to know that God hears all of it. Yeah. And we had um, a couple of friends, young ones, who were going through um, big, big battles with cancer. And one was a little girl by the name of Brooke, um, who I'd met through K-Love, Brooke Mulford. Um, man, she was about the most cheerful girl that I'd ever met going through the biggest battle for about eight years of her life. And another was this little boy named Fernando from Haiti um, who we had gotten to know um, and spend some time with. And he came here to get better and healing. And so I thought, well, how do I articulate to the kids that God's hearing our prayers? Because both of their their healing was looking like it wasn't going to happen here on earth. Mm. It looked like to me as a mom, I had great hope, but I know the possibility, having walked through experiences before, that sometimes healing happens on the other side. So um, one day when Tim wasn't there, because Tim's practicality would have set in and been like, what's happening? (laughs) I just painted like many people have. It took a while. I painted it chalk black and then um, put some scripture that I believe is like really powerful for our family up and then gave everyone like an area where they could write out all their prayers, all of them. I was like, fill it up with big, small and we put our prayers up. And I thought we'd go back like once a week and look at the wall and see what was happening. And things, there were prayers that were being answered. And there were prayers that really felt in a hard, hard way that they weren't being heard. Yeah. Like, why isn't Brooke getting better? Yeah. And why isn't Fernando getting better? And why did Grandpa just die? If we're asking God and God is good, why aren't these things happening? And if I was feeling that way, I know my kids were feeling right. it. Right. So there was a day where I thought, you know what? I'm having a tough time with this, God. I don't even know how to articulate this to the kids. We went up and I had what I ended up calling a flashlight night. Took a flashlight. What we would do as a family is I turn the lights on. It was about 8 o'clock. I brought cookies. If you bring cookies, they will come. That's right. And we had cookies. We sat down in front of the wall and I asked the kids each to take a turn. I said, I put the light on. I said, do you see the wall? And the kids said, yes, we see the wall, mom. And I turned the light off. I said, do you see the wall? And they're like, no, we don't see the wall. <laughs> Is the wall still there? Yes. 
Do you trust that the wall is still there even when you can't see it? Yes. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We took our flashlight, and I'm like, I want you to shine a light on the things you see God is working on, and you can yeah. see what he's doing. Yeah. And then when you get to something where you don't see him working on it, you don't see what's happening yet, I want you to turn the light off, and I want you to tell me that. Yeah. So we went around, we like shining on, like, I see God working with my math. You know, I see God working with mommy for not being afraid to write. That yeah. was one prayer they had for me, which was oh, like so, so sweet. sweet. I see God working um, with daddy's knee healing a little bit, and the light go goes off. Yeah, I don't see God working on healing my friend. But even though I can't see him and I can't see what he's doing, I know he's there and he's working on it for my behalf. Mm. And so that's what we said. And we said it over and over and over again for all those things, big and small, because even when you can't see it being worked out, and there's so many of those things in all of our lives, yeah, I trust. And that's what trust is. Trust is like not seeing it right. and trusting that even when I don't see how it's working out, God, I trust that you are doing what you do best and yeah. that's being the great God. That's right. And so that's where the lesson came in in our house. And it's it's been a great way for our family to just talk about things that don't look like God's answering, yeah. but we trust that he's working on it. And it, we might not even ever see it worked out. Yeah, It might be when we get to heaven, we're like, man, look what you did. Right. And that the greatest thing overall is that we get that chance. Yeah. You know, so it's more about like understanding God's there working on it, even when it feels super dark. Right. And that's so that's beautiful. that's what we've been doing. And it's been, we don't visit the wall as often as I would like. And actually it's been a blessing because we get to see, really see right. how those things still don't look how we want them to look. Yeah, right. Um, and that requires trust. So just a way we figured out as a family how to voice that. Yeah. Because it's hard. That's beautiful. Like I want to just shine the light on everything and be like, yeah. look, and look, that, everything, and that. Everything. Yeah. But it's not all the time. No, no. It has inspired me in my new house. I have like a little library and I have a wall and I always think like, this is kind of how Elizabeth does it, their house. Yeah. I'm like, I keep up things and I, and there are times where I won't go in that room for a week or something. Yeah. And then I'll go, oh my gosh, I put that in my journal and I put that on the wall. And so. And you see God's faithfulness in situations. Right. right. And when he doesn't change a thing, I find he oftentimes changes your heart. That's it. Something's going to change. You know, like. Yeah. God, lessen my desire for the thing I'm asking you for if it's not yeah, of you. Yeah. Like, take away my want for it. Yes, that's right. And so that's like, those are scary prayers because I'm like, right. but you know I want it. So. Right, right, right. But currently, <laughs> I really don't want you to do that. Yeah. But I want what you want more than I want what I yeah. want. Man, that's good. Is there anything we didn't talk about you want to talk about? No, I feel like. Okay. Man, you're good at this. I mean, I know this is you're no. good at this, but you're really good at this. Well, you get, you just get, I think, the heart of people so well, too, because you know that. Even in your brave, I just think you really understand the the wisdom in like choosing that. Yeah. Like I'm gonna in the discipline of it. Like right. I love discipline, like yeah. it's like the practice. You mm -hmm. know, we're gonna practice doing this so that when the time comes, we are yeah. trained to look for the good. I think that's why athletes are braver than the rest of us, honestly, because you guys went to practice every single day, knowing you were getting ready for a game, and that holds over in your whole lives. A ton of my friends who are athletes that were like real legit athletes, mm -hmm. like you, like Tim Shaw, I'm not like you're Tim. But yeah, you are. And, um, but yeah, I mean, y'all just model, yeah, show up and give your best at practice because that will pay off in the game. The discipline does, but you can also get a little dulled in it. Mm. Like the habit. Yeah. Don't you think like there are some habits you got to be like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Huh. Right. Almost like muscle memory. 
And then yeah, like why? Yeah. And it's good to have both, like just kind of check in. I think for those who might be that like disciplined kind of athlete, like I'm just going to do this no matter what. Yeah. Oftentimes give yourself a check. I do like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Is it just because I do it? Yeah. Or is it because I really need it? Right. You know, and for those who might not be, and that's okay too, like we're all wired differently. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, okay, can I do this every day? Mm-hmm. Like those little challenges mm-hmm. until it becomes a, a positive habit. But I do think like your daily deposits and collecting the good, that strategy is so powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah. Thanks, friend. And even 100 days, like you do something for 100 days. You're going to be different. Listen, I went to the Australian Outback for only 39 <laughs> out of 41. By the end, I was like, I'm I'm brave. Yeah. Oh, you were? I watched it. I can still see you on the TV wearing one of those bandana the buffs. Tops. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I still remember. You were so buff. Yeah, you were. The you, buffs are, that's what the, like, the things are. And I'm yeah. like, the buffs, where are those? I need to find yeah. some in my house. <laughs> you why, um, I, why I thought that was a top. Like this is, you get a little delirious. To, yeah. <laughs> something it was, was wet. Top. I watched so, it. Something else was wet. And I'm like, I don't wear this. I'm going to have to bring this. two tops. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, I loved it. Um, okay, Elizabeth, our last question we always ask. Um, because the show's called That Sounds Fun, what do you guys do for fun? What's fun in the hassle? I mean, y'all have tons of fun. But we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what sounds fun. When we're all together and I bring out my Party City disco ball. How many is all? How many kids? We're three. So we have three kids. Yeah. And if we have a friend added in the mix, that's, yeah. that's also fun, and we plug in the disco ball, and we just have like a random dance party. Really, you just have a disco ball; it's always ready to be plugged in. You just have it; it's always ready. <gasps> That's brilliant. You should talk to my friend Karis Hudson. Do you know Karis? Yes. No, uh-uh. oh, you got to know Karis. Okay, yeah, introduce she wor- me. She's you're gonna love her. She works at Danita's Children in Haiti. She's yeah. here in Nashville for like I'm gonna. F- you yeah. have to find her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she will come over. And she oftentimes is like a great catalyst for the disco ball. Yeah. But it's just ready. Like the other night, I didn't have dinner for the kids ready. I just had sandwiches left over from in a cooler from our March Madness basketball tournaments. I put out the sandwiches. I lit the disco ball. And I'm like, we're having a sandwich party. (laughs) The disco ball makes, they're like, awesome. These were good. These were like pressed and like like dented turkey sandwiches and they thought they were all a disco ball can make things and just music and a disco ball yeah that's brilliant because i bet it was twenty (laughs) dollars at the party city it's not an expensive no and it's amortized out it's the it's not even like an led one it's like has the two bulbs that kind of turn on the side oh brilliant like two little mini disco balls that turn in opposite direction they're amazing why do i not own one of those (laughs) well i'm getting one totally getting one one's right yeah Uh, yeah. siri order Uh, yeah Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, that's a great answer. If everyone just had a disco ball ready to go, changes everything. It solves a lot of problems. People need to, if they aren't already following you on Instagram, your Insta stories and your posts are so, they're in, you're inspirational, but also we get to see disco ball life. We're like, yeah. one of your sons decides he wants to make muffins and you're like, okay, I'll stand here. You go for it. Yeah, you just do this. I love it. We're pretty in the moment family. Yeah. I think the coolest thing is um, Bob Goff actually trained me in such a way to like speak over my kids. Yeah. Like he'd say like, I love who you're becoming. Yeah. Or he'd say like this, you know, Elizabeth thing. Like, so now I'll say to my kids like, oh man, Isaiah, you've got this Isaiah thing down. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And that's as, such a beautiful thing to say. And as obvious as it is, yeah. like if I'm like, Annie, this Annie thing, you have, you've got it. Yeah. It still feels good, right? It feels great. Yeah. And it's true because no one else can do that. It's so yours. Right. Yeah. And it's like who God made you. So yeah. I've been doing that, but they just like, they get a little like pump up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and Bob got Goff the best too. He is. I just think the world of him. I'm so thankful for just his like heart and mind and how he teaches. But yeah. he is a person who shows up. And you know what I love about him? Whether you're like on a, you know, trip to Afghanistan or Uganda with him or you're 
serving somewhere else or you're in your house having a meal with someone, yeah. he counts all of that as like such valuable like yeah. heart work. Yeah. Like he never makes me feel bad about being exactly where I am. Yeah. You know, so, you know, a lot of people get like lack of mission trip guilt or like, oh, I haven't gone here. I should be doing. He's like, wherever you are is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so he's been a really great like freedom teacher in that to me where um, they're both good. Yeah. It's just like you're supposed to be right there right now. That's yeah. that's good and there's such blessing in that. But he's he's just a, the kind of friend who shows up and who just is a – he's like a chief encourager. You yes, know? He, he just really is. really is. Yeah, I don't know anybody like him. We spoke at the same event a couple of weeks ago. And I like kind of had one of those talks where you kind of like leave your heart on the stage a little bit. And I just came off the stage and went and stood by him like in our little seats. And he just like hugged me for the whole song in between us. There was just one song in between me speaking and him speaking. And he just like held me like a dad and a friend and all these. And he's all these things to us. Like he's not my dad. I have a dad, but he's like such an encouraging older voice in my life. And I just thought only a Bob would hug me right after that and not let go. And I won't either. I mean, he, he's just so great. He's he's an amazing teacher. He's taught my kids so much. Like, he's just, I'm so thankful. Yeah. I'm so thankful. If anyone doesn't have his kids' version of love does, it's like my kids Oh, yeah, I've heard that. it. Some, I've heard every kid loves I it. I like it. I'm yeah. like, am I 10? Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> I need to read it. I haven't read it yet. I have vacation in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to start stacking some books. Yeah. So I'll add that one I also want to say, too, like, I had a big block about reading the Bible. If there's anyone who's out there, and I only say this because I'm like, where do I start? What do I yeah. do? Like, I found my kids' Bibles. Yes. Like, don't have pride about it. Like, I will dive into their Bibles to get them, like, like overview and, like, yeah. the pure version of what's going on. Yeah. Like, those help me along the way. Yes. Um, I listen to Jesus Storybook Bible sometimes when I'm getting ready. Yeah. Just because it's a, such a beautiful... I mean, Sally Lloyd-Jones just does such a beautiful job... Amazing. ...writing it and speaking it. And then... And so then you listen to it and you're like, oh, I just listened to the Bible the whole time I got ready, but I... I it was just this beautiful story. Yeah. So great. Um, well, thanks for being on the show, Annie. Elizabeth. You're the I love bomb. you. We could do this for like another hour, and <laughs> everybody would probably let us. But I just love you. You're the you. best. Thank thanks you. for having me here. I love you. You're My so pleasure. special. Thanks. Oh, thank you all. You guys, isn't she just the greatest? She's so sweet. So many good like nuggets in there. I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure you grab a copy of Elizabeth's book, Point of View. I think it's a great book to give to people if you're doing Easter baskets or maybe something to read on spring break or even when you're thinking about Mother's Day coming up in May. Make sure you give Elizabeth a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places and tell her thanks for being on the show after you grab her book. And if there's anything I can do for you, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You know this, Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. I am there. So reach out, say hi, let me know what I can do for you. Well, I think that's it for me. You guys go out there and do something that sounds fun to you and I will do the same and we'll see you back here on Monday, April Fool's Day. But no joke, this is one of the shows y'all have been waiting on. I cannot wait for you to hear it. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it when it drops on Monday and we'll see you back here next week.